0: in all right so baptism of Jesus Christ uh, like I said I'm glad it's a, a short one because uh, actually I mean we I guess we got three of the little scripture blocks done <laughs> but <laughs> we got so caught up on Matthew 3 13 through17 that we what were we at like an hour and a half just on that one um I never thought I could squeeze that much out of uh, a few verses that I already knew but anyway what what did you guys see and, and think from from this section. Uh, as you were reading it, what insights did you guys gain as, as you were considering the baptism of Jesus Christ? While you're doing so, I'm gonna pull up the artwork on the screen
1: um, from that page 60. I'm gonna find it real quick. Nothing, did I, (laughs) did I hype it up too much? (laughs) Put too
0: much pressure on you.
2: (laughs) Uh, One thing I was uh, just pondering, that's what I was doing just before this class. I was reading about the book of Revelation and John the Beloved and just how beloved he was. And he was... um, even you know, always worried about John the Baptist. And I don't know if you're watching The Chosen, but that even depicted that in one of the little episodes that he went back and visited him. But anyway, it just got me pondering about John the Beloved, how how beloved he was. And this has nothing to do with baptism. This is just what I was studying before. But um, <laughs> I'm wondering if that was maybe one of his kids or something. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
2: That kept coming into my head. So then thinking of how
1: you know all these all these players were foreordained to um,
2: do all this. You know, John the Baptist was his cousin.
1: Peter, James, and and of course, John. I don't know. But um, it has nothing to do with the baptism, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's what I was thinking. So that's what I'd been thinking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's been amazing uh, taking a, a new. Uh, approach to the new testament this year but come follow me and and really diving in with all of these rich resources that we've got and the questions that pop up yeah Best
1: so yeah, yeah. we don't have to
0: narrow it down to the baptism at all by any means
2: <laughs> but yeah uh, uh I, I just couldn't stop thinking about that and so i'm just like okay well i'm gonna ask that question uh-huh. anybody else has had that pop in their head yeah
3: i i really enjoyed this time to really um think about baptism because um, you know, as we've always talked about covenants and things, every single covenant uh, we make is a physical act. And, you know, when it talks about before the creation that was created, you know, um, spiritually and then temporally. And the fact that um, when we're here on this earth, all of the covenants we make have some kind of physical action, whether it's being immersed in water or hands laid on our head or washed and anointed or um kneeling um there's always these actions that go with it and i think that um when john baptist baptist is baptizing and he sees christ he says you don't need this and he says suffer it that you know it's the right thing to do because it's showing a physical act of the commitment that i'm making and the making the covenant and i think that um you know, the sign, all of these signs, we talk about signs of the time and signs and that baptism being a sign. And, you know, if Christ who, you know, in the scriptures it said was, um, you know, sinless and needed need of baptism, but his baptism. And I think that when we look at it, you know we often think about baptism as being a bath, a cleansing or whatever. And then we come to a concept of, of, of it actually being a signature on a contract that we have to sign it and then we have to do the physical act of signing and that being immersed in water um i always have compared the um this this earth life before we before we come to this earth we're above water when we're in the earth we're actually pushed underwater we're in, living in an environment that is toxic to us and that it is killing us and if we don't get pulled out if we don't get out of the water if we don't get out of being suffocated that we um, we can't survive and that we come forth out of the water to receive the spirit, which will give us life. And so as I was thinking about, you know, Jesus, and he comes to John the Baptist and he asks to be baptized. And in the course of being baptized, the whole heavens open up for the saying, yes, you not only have signed the contract, but we are now sealing it. We are seeing all of the ramifications of what could be. And from that point on, he never lacked the Holy ghost. Um, you know, it says that he, he, he was, was constant. Constant. Yeah, like echoing. Are you
0: did me? it start echoing? Like, yeah. did it just happen all of a sudden? Yeah. Sorry.
3: All of a sudden. Anyway, all I was saying is that, um, for me, maybe that was my time zone that said, stop talking. <laughs> no.
1: So,
3: <laughs> so I felt like, um, you know as as i was reading it and saying okay my baptism in a sense was to cleanse but his baptism was to be a covenant and i think we talk so much about covenant and you know i just love the endowment and washing when it says you're clean every whit and i feel like that sense of cleanliness of coming before god but we always have to come back to the sacrament table and all of these images of of you know burial um, bond, we have bonds, we're, we're creating bonds with our savior, with covenants, whatever, all of these um, bath, uh, any, anything that we have that we use to make a covenant. So I just was feeling like this was a great time to really, I loved that it was short, okay, I loved that it was just a few scriptures. And I thought that was also interesting that, you know, we have more scriptures about sacrament, because we can renew it. But in it, you know, in this thing, it says, share your baptism experience with each other. How can you help? You know, and what do you, what are your memories or whatever of it? And um, I think it's like uh, President Irene said, and I believe it's true that when we were baptized, I, I think that everybody in this room vividly remembers what was going on when they were baptized. And I think that's really a, an interesting aspect because, you know, President Irene was saying he remembered when he was baptizing. I just, think it's not a memory that gets lost because it was such an important issue that we have to go back to and and I think that you know it's my uncle used to work for um Dilbert L Stapley and he uh worked with return missionaries who had been excommunicated or whatever and had to come back and get their um you know who wanted to come back and, into the fold and he told me once he said appreciate your baptism because if you ever lose it it takes a lot more effort to get it, you know, to get it back, yeah. and I, I've always been, you know, cherished that concept of, you know, appreciating your baptism because it's it's so valuable. I mean, if if when we work at the temple, I always feel like the greatest spirit is in the baptistry. Um, I mean, uh, there's you can feel the spirit anyway, but I have always feel like in the baptistry it's more palpable um, when I go there. And um, I just feel like they are so anxious to be baptized because it helps them get through that next door that they are, um, you know, not able to get through. And I heard an example once of when you lock your keys in the car and you can't get them and you have to call your husband to come or you try and call someone to help you get keys that this is what the spirits on the other side, they can't get the keys. They're in a locked car and, you know, they and they're hoping to get out of that and that baptism. Is the means, and that we, on this earth, are so. Um, I don't know. We just don't appreciate um, it, and so I really felt like Christ being baptized and and the whole, you know, uh, Holy Ghost and everyone coming together was a sense of he had become worthy. He wasn't being baptized for his sins. He was being baptized as a sign. It was a, it was his covenant, and he was making a step, just like the Mount of Transfiguration you know, uh, reconceiving all of his, um, ordinances. So that was my insight long and boring, but it was on baptism. <laughs> yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. Um, and so here's that, um, the artwork there on, on page 60, I, I found it. Um, I, it's very interesting, uh, the, the color choices and, and different things. Uh, this one does have, um, uh, a watermark, so like this little halo circle thing is not part of the the actual, but um, anyway, in the book, it, it sometimes the black and white of of his work is a little creepy because, like these faces, I like, couldn't quite tell what they were <laughs> doing it. I don't know, but anyway, the the color one makes it a little bit more um, uh, well, I can see what's going on, uh, should say. But anyway, is just a way
4: for you to zoom in a little bit, Uh-huh, yeah.
1: whoops. There we go. Well, I can't like, oh, there we go. I just got to click and drag around. But it's interesting because
0: you can't really see like this this light or this uh, uh, pillar of, of descending fire kind of thing in the black and white as much. Um, but you can here
1: with, with the contrast. I don't know that I like that picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's a, yeah, it's But, yeah, I had never seen one
0: before where John the Baptist is out of the water. And you know, kind of the as soon as Christ is um, coming straightway out of it and uh, receiving the the Holy Ghost at that point, it's kind of an interesting perspective on on that, I thought.
2: I don't like that he's taller than him. I don't like the people poking out of the bushes. I don't like the people behind the towels. skinny Jesus looks I just don't like it I don't know sorry Mm -hmm. thank you for showing it in color though because it is a lot different in color
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's one thing I wanted to do with with each of the the different ones here is is show the the artwork because the the black and white just doesn't quite do it justice in in
1: the book um yeah anyway so oh sorry uh Lisa (laughs) you had your hand up (laughs)
4: Hi. Sorry, I was a little late getting on, but I know I can, you know, listen to the video. So I feel like I missed maybe something Tracy was talking about. But I'm just, I have a couple of comments, but what first I want to say about the James Tussauds. You always talk about the colors, Cameron. They're so unique and they're so uniform in all of his New Testament collection. Um, At BYU, they had his Old Testament collection, and it was there during Education Week, which is where I ran into him as an artist. The colors are so exotic. It's like, just almost like kaleidoscopic, just like explosions of beautiful color, lots of vivid color. And when I use the word exotic, I mean, there's an exotic flavor to his Old Testament. So I thought that was interesting. He uses very subdued colors for the New Testament. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but it would be interesting to find out. I'm always interested in art, so thank you for sharing. Um, I had a question and I don't know if I am way off base on this or not, but one of the questions that I had when I read this, and I'd be really interested to hear um, anybody else's thoughts, if they have any, is when I read through uh, Matthew, I found in Matthew 11, so John the Baptist, they have a pretty powerful witness during the baptism when the voice of the father, you know, speaks to them and witnesses of his son. And then in Matthew eleven two 2 to 6, and then it kind of ca- carries on 7 to 15. Um, John the Baptist sends two of his disciples to find Jesus, he's imprisoned to ask him if he's the one or if we should start looking for another one and going, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on that, but it's more related to our Sunday school lessons probably than to the baptism, but it does relate to the baptism because of that special witness that was received.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah um what was the the reference on it again
4: to it was um, Matthew 11 2 to six um, was the one about uh, John sending his um, two of his followers. I
1: I do have a comment oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. I, I'm
3: waiting um <laughs> I I am, um, I've heard it said that John always pointed to Christ as being his, um, his testifier. He always said, he's the Christ. Go. He. I can't even, you know, do this. And he spent all of his early years out in the desert and he had the Holy Ghost from when he was born, you know, his right.
4: issues.
3: I think that his disciples were coming to him in prison, basically saying, you need to get out of here. You need to do this. You need to do that. I think they were the ones who lacked faith. I don't think John was the one who lacked faith. And he says, "Well, go ask him, you know, if he's the if he is the Christ." Because and then because later, you know, when Christ um, Christ is given, uh, you know, was was being um, tempted by the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he answers, "Well, tell me, was John's baptism of God or not?" He knew, and everyone knew that John was totally committed to um, not only being a prophet, but but pointing to jesus christ Mm -hmm. i think he was trying to tell his followers i'm i'm diminishing i'm gone it's not me it's him and so i wondered and so go go to him Mm -hmm. and i think that they came saying are you really him because you know we love john i think it's hard to Mm -hmm. to change a lot uh alliances and things and i they may have and so when when I think that Christ understood that. And so he was showing them all the miracles. And he says, Go back and tell John what you've seen. Not mm-hmm. that John, and then immediately afterwards, he starts Christ testifies of John, telling him, you know, the world, no no one is greater than he, and yet he who is in, you know, in front of him is is the savior. So I think uh John was not in any sense of the questioning. I think um I think that he was sending his disciples and was always trying to point them to Christ and mm-hmm. his disciples. We're saying, he's in prison and you're out here preaching and you know, there's nothing wrong. Why aren't you, you know, fighting for John? And and I think that John understood I'm supposed to diminish. I I don't think he had a a lack of testimony. I think he I I think it was trying to get his disciples to come back and to go to the true light, you know. And so I think in it's their they're saying it, and, and then Christ shows to them who he is and sends them back. But I think it was really for those uh, disciples.
4: Thank you, Marilyn. That's exactly what I was thinking, that he was pointing them towards his followers, towards Christ, because very shortly after this, he, he is beheaded. And I thought maybe he even uh, feels, not only is he diminishing, but maybe he's getting close to his end as well. So I wondered that. And then tonight, just as an aside for whatever it's worth, my son works uh, for Angel Studios, and so he did the live streaming tonight, and the episode just happened to coincide. I already scratched that little question down in my notes here to, to talk with all of you tonight, and, and um, it just kind of coincided with uh, him sending his followers to Jesus, and it amplified it that in a, in a different sort of way, but similar. Um, Jesus said, well, I think they were talking about the scripture about him, the uh, prophecies of the Messiah, who would free the captive. And I think that the disciples were concerned, or the followers were concerned that that John was still languishing in prison. And um, so that was more the flavor of that was send him back. He's you know, send the followers back and let him know. And they did that scripture that you were referring to that's so beautiful about the miracles that he was performing. So that was kind of interesting that that's what they did tonight. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) And here I am with my question. So thank Uh you. And if you wonder why I'm standing up, it's because I am tired of (laughs) sitting.
1: Um, so taking a
0: look at, at that first block there of Matthew 3, 13 through 17, um, I don't know, I I had a lot of questions and so just kind of posing them in the order that they kind of present themselves. And I'm not trying to like be a devil's advocate or anything here, but like just kind of, I don't know, some different thinking of, um, that that first sentence. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John. Is is the the record of the the travel important to the narrative? I mean, we we do know that Jordan is important, right? Because that's uh, the lowest place on earth. It's it's beneath all things where he descended. But is it important that we know that he is coming from Galilee into that uh, that Jordan scenario there? um that was one of my my first questions and kind of taking a look at the context and the stories that
3: uh, I, I think um, it had to it because he was starting his ministry he couldn't start his ministry until he had been baptized and so he was coming from galilee so he wasn't coming from jerusalem he wasn't coming from a place he had been preaching he was coming mm-hmm. from the first place he'd been preaching
0: um, yeah and so um Moving to that second one, uh, but John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, comest thou to me? And so I had uh, three different questions here, and uh, just kind of uh, mulling over what that, um, that context means. And, and I'll bring up the original uh, Greek here in just a second. But so is John um, requesting a, a baptism had he not been baptized? or is he wanting a renewal, or is he simply recognizing the authority? Is it a um, a, a test of, of loyalty, or I don't know how to, to necessarily put that, a, a test of, um, you know, like when when we're going through the endowment and uh, we receive our, our test at, at the veil kind of a thing, you know, like, what are you doing? Uh, kind of uh, verifying the the source kind of a thing. Um, so what kind of thing is is John really getting at here? And so uh, I'd like to bring up the the Greek just kind of take a look at, at some of those questions and see if it answers those for us um, so in in Matthew 314 here I'm on Bible Hub uh, I, I use that extensively in our topical guide studies um, but anyway just kind of taking a look at the different versions, uh, different translations here um it references, I need to be baptized by you. Um, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. Um, I, I, I kind of like the American Standard Bible, the New American Standard. I have the need to be baptized by you. And so looking down, uh, sorry for the fast scroll here, to the transliteration, um, but John tried to prevent him, saying, "I need to be baptized by you." Um, and so, this need is is interesting. Uh, I, I found it says so from the base of uh, this other word here. It's an employment, i.e., an affair or also an occasion, a demand, a requirement, or a destitution that, uh, poses a need that there is, uh, some sort of emptiness or, um, an occasion that, that demands a certain thing, um, be fulfilled. And so I, I found that, um, Greek word very interesting in light of that. And, um, and do you come to me? Anyway, so, um, my mom was saying, she was like, oh, I was just reading this. Uh, DNC 8428, uh, we have a, a record that um, John was baptized when he uh, was, was younger, right? And so um, uh, we know that, that he already was baptized prior to this point. So what is he asking for? And, um, and what can that enlighten us with in the context of, of the rest of it? But yeah, any any thoughts or, or comments?
4: So you mean a baptism by fire?
0: <clears throat> yeah, that, that's very interesting to to put in that mix as well, right? And I think that there's you know value in in taking a look at, at plugging in lots of different variables. But that baptism of fire was was really interesting.
3: Another option is the fact that we are leaving. You know, John Baptist is the pivotal person between the Old Testament and New Testament. He's from the Iranic period. He's holding the power he can go in the temple christ can't go in the temple because he's from judah and so um, the john baptist being a levite and having those priestly qualities that he can act and perform priestly duties he i think at this point he's saying i have need to be baptized of you it would be the same way in a sense the nephites well the who were seeing christ at the time of his resurrection, and, they were, and the first thing he does is offer the baptism, which is a new covenant. We're going to change things. And I think that John always knew that there were going to be changes. And so he, I think, is excited to see Christ and saying, Are you kidding me? This is the old. This is, we're, we're getting a new covenant. I want to have the new covenant. I don't, you know, I can't give you anything. You know, this is the old. I want the new, you know, new wine and whatever the thing. So, I personally think that he is in this state of realizing here is the real deal. This is the people, the person I want to join. This is, you know, my savior, my redeemer, and I want to be a part of his, his group. How can I be a part of it? Just as I was saying before, that
1: mm-hmm.
3: like a sign a contract. That's
4: an interesting comment. Um, Like a zeal almost for people, some people are more gifted at embracing change (laughs) and moving forward. And in the whole drama that plays out around the Savior's mortal ministry, um, there are so many factions of people that are uh, around around that whole thing of change. That change it has some people just, you know, upset and uh, unable and unwilling. And others uh, just fall on their knees and are ready to embrace the beauty of change.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. so, um
0: the next part I found interesting was kind of up in in that uh, box up above for for defining things and the importance of the laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, Uh, This might be kind of more of the the devil's advocate question. So (laughs) uh, take it for for what it's worth. But do we have a record of Christ receiving the ordinance of the reception of the Holy Ghost? And and is this it? Because if it is, it, it seems to not Follow the same patterns, right? I mean, no one's placing their hands on his head unless we just don't have record of that. But if it's to fulfill all righteousness, like the immersion was, then wouldn't it also need to follow the same pattern? So, again, devil's advocate question, but like.
3: Well, I think you have to look at it from the point of view that who was there to give him his temple endowment?
1: mm -hmm.
3: And he's receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Who's the best person to give him the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost. And so he's getting the sign of the Holy Ghost because nobody on the earth can give him the Holy Ghost. Because even as he said, I have to go away because as, as long as I'm here, you can't have the Holy Ghost. And so for him, there's no one on earth who can give him the Holy Ghost. Just But I think it's like Adam being baptized, right? He's put in the water and then he comes up out. But he had seen God and had these things. But I think that there is that sense of... Um, on the earth christ is there now on the earth and only one member of the godhead can be on the earth at any time wouldn't you say that's true
1: i don't know i i have never thought about that question before because you remember when he's in the last supper
3: and he's saying i have to go so you can have the comforter and mm-hmm. the, comforter, the holy ghost and and so in a sense, we live in a telestial environment with just one member of the Godhead, but when we go to the temple, we then can go through the different states to be a terrestrial to have both members of the Godhead, and then we're trying to be introduced into the Father to, to receive a celestial experience, but we are still, you know, far from it. So I just think that the the action of the Holy Ghost coming down was because that was the only way he could receive the Holy Ghost.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that's very
0: interesting i hadn't put that one in in that context before yeah um and so let's see the my next question was when uh at the very last here and lo a voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased and uh just kind of studying covenant language and, and different things it it That phrase fulfills all of the the checkboxes for um, the words of an ordinance. And so I I was wondering if um, God the Father is uh, pronouncing the the words of the ordinance, uh, of the reception of the Holy Ghost there. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so it was just kind of an interesting... um, I don't know, new paradigm thing that, that I was looking at Matthew 3, which, you know, I've read it how many times and <laughs> looking in, in a whole new light of um, just different things as as, uh, as symbolisms, uh, you know, with uh, Cosmism podcasts and, and different things, uh, trying to plug those uh, kind of elements in there as well. But yeah, I, I was just hanging on each word and, and trying to to analyze all those different things. Does anyone have any other thoughts on on Matthew three
1: before we move on? Um. So with Mark,
3: well, I, keep, uh, I may say anything, Cameron. I just wanted to answer your question, which is the God the Father. You know, John the Baptist has been he spends his whole life testifying of Christ, and that's from you know the earth talking to the heaven and. Heavenly Father, that's his job is to testify of Christ and test and, and Christ testifies of the Father and John the Baptist. So I, I think it was this testimony of, uh, uh, you know, ratifying or whatever, uh, you know, that the Father is always testifying of Christ and Christ is always testifying of the Father. And I think it's this beautiful symbolism. And so, yes, I, I do believe that the Father is giving that stamp, as I would say, you know, putting his seal on that baptism as a as a contract he's putting that little check check mark right little red check mark
1: mm-hmm. yeah the baptism of fire yeah very interesting um and well
0: let's let's actually go to the john 1 32 34 because it's in that that same storyline well anyway it, it has a lot of the, the similar things here and so it says and john Bear record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Unto whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And so I thought that was interesting that that John the Baptist is receiving... um, instructions uh, about uh the sign that will be given so whoever you see that uh the holy ghost descends upon and um well uh, the spirit descending and remaining on him that's the one so that you'll know and that he is seen and, and bearing record of that i think that that's such a powerful testimony um, I don't know. I think I've always kind of looked at, like, the the other gospel accounts. That that one in John, though, uh, brings a lot of nuance to the story, uh, a very important key element of
1: that testimony that he has there. Were you going to bring up the Joseph Smith translation to that?
3: Yeah, you can. No, I'm just saying that in it, he says, you know, that that
1: thing where he says, I knew him not in Joseph Smith's translation, it says he did know him. Mm. gotcha, yeah. Um. One of the ones that I, I, I
0: really like this Mark uh, block here, Mark 10, uh, 38 through 39, um, but I kind of wanted to read it in its full context. So like the
1: 35 through 45, let me bring that up really quick. 35 through 45. All right,
0: so let me just read through the, the whole context of this and um, how this relates to the the baptism, like why that's in this section, because it's, it's kind of an interesting story, right? Um, it says, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, We wouldst that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on the right hand and the other on the left hand, in thy glory. And Jesus said unto them, Ye know not what ye ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drink of, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, You shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized with all, shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, and it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they they began to be much displeased with James and John, and Jesus called them to him. And saith unto them, Ye know not that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many." And so, I, I don't know, as as I read the context of that verse, I was like, hmm, that's a very interesting one to be uh, referencing to explain the the baptism of Jesus Christ and uh, the implications of that as James and John are desiring to be at his right and left hand. So anyway, what,
1: what are your guys' thoughts and uh, comments as you're reading that and, and taking a look at it? think it's very interesting that he is um referencing two different things asking them if they can do
0: those two things to which they say that they can right to drink the cup and to be baptized um with the baptism that i am baptized with and so i don't know i guess my first question would be is this the same baptism by immersion experience or are, are we talking about the baptism fire, reception of the Holy Ghost, kind of a thing, um, because it seems to be a a huge requirement that um, he is asking them if they can, um, well, if they can handle that kind of thing, right?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's the baptism, I, I think it's what would be called your, um, no person inherits the celestial kingdom without going through a great deal of um, testing, like Abraham, Abrahamic testing and i think it's just saying are you able to bear the testing the you know the job the abraham when we think of people who have undergone you know this and they're quite willing to say yeah yeah i can do it i can do it and he says well uh we'll see but you were you are going to have it so you're going to have an opportunity because Mm -hmm. they they all did i mean they all had
1: those moments yeah yeah i think so
4: I um, was thinking about baptism being symbolic of death. And so maybe baptism has a resonance with some sort of a descent or even death in that. But also in Matthew, um, in Matthew 20, verse 20, it starts the same story. So this story is told twice now in the gospels, but it begins with, then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him and then it goes on into the same story about Jesus almost verbatim asking um, can you be baptized with the, uh, with the baptism that I am baptized with and it also mentions that the brethren were moved with indignation against um, the ten were moved with indignation against the two brethren so this this story that you've just relayed to us is actually twice, maybe even more, but definitely twice. It's told by Matthew as well, with just a slight, just a slight difference. Yeah.
2: What, what's the reference on the Matthew one?
4: Because I was um, trying to think of that, because
2: it seemed like to me that their mother had kind of, yes. kind of pushed him to ask him that.
4: In this Matthew version, it is the mother that, that initiated mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, but Matthew, I didn't know where to look. So that's in Matthew what? Chapter 20, verse 20 is where the that begins. OK, well, thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. So yeah, like. Uh, since there are so few references in the
0: topical guide, or so few uh, entries in the topical guide for the baptism of, I thought that was an interesting one to include in it. You know, like uh, uh, both of you had said that um, it it's not necessarily pointing toward the uh, immersion ordinance type of thing, but uh, a broader context of baptism and and what um, what baptism has he been uh, baptized with and um how we are all called to, to go upon that. You know, there's many times where we are called to take up our cross uh, like like his, to be baptized with the baptism wherewith he was baptized. Uh, the different things to take on His name, really?
4: Right. And baptism is how we um, remember what he did for us. It's part of our remembering. And so that it's that signifying that going down and then coming up again. And so his whole mortal mission was, um, is so uh, connected with baptism in in a very broad sense. And so it just, it just seems to, um, it's an interesting use of that word that I've never heard before, but it seems to really fit.
1: Mm -hmm yeah um <clears throat> let's see going over to um like the first and,
0: and second nephi ones <laughs> again i was so caught up in, in that matthew uh, first one that i i haven't uh, fully dove into to these ones this go around and stuff but um does anyone have any comments on uh, either the first or second nephi um if not we can just go ahead and, and read it together too but
4: Let's read
0: them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first Nephi 10, 7 through 10. And he spake also concerning a prophet who should come before the Messiah to prepare the way of the Lord. Yea, even he should go forth and cry in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. For there standeth one among you whom ye know not. And he is mightier than I, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. And much spake my father concerning this thing. And my father said he should baptize in Bethabara, beyond Jordan. And he also said he should baptize with water, even that he should baptize the Messiah with water. And after he had baptized the Messiah with water, he should behold and bear record that he has baptized the Lamb of God, who should take away the sins of the world.
1: It's very interesting. Like, I I don't know. I had never picked
0: up on, on that thing there that, and my father, um was the one teaching nephi uh, a lot of this right like um i, I so want <laughs> lehi's uh the book of lehi and and all his testimonies I stuff that would be
1: amazing to read because he, he obviously has a lot of uh, details that he is is seeing And it's interesting there, like, I don't know, this caught my eye, that he um,
0: and my father said that he should baptize in, uh, however you say that, Bethabara, Bethabara, beyond Jordan, because we're always, you know, pointing to Jordan and the Jordan River, right? Um, But um, I think that that's an interesting nuance that uh, someone from uh, you know, like this family, it, it points to the fact that they were from that area. They knew it very intimately and um,
1: would know kind of like the exact spot that uh, was being shown to them. Yeah. Um, taking a look at that second Nephi 31.
0: And now if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness, oh, then how much more need have we, being unholy, to be baptized, yea, even by water? And now I would ask of you, my beloved brethren, wherein the Lamb of God did fulfill all righteousness in being baptized by water? Know ye not that he was holy? But notwithstanding he being holy, he showed showeth unto the children of men that according to the flesh, he humbleth himself before the father and witnesseth unto the father that he would be obedient unto him in keeping his commandments. Wherefore, after he was baptized with the water, the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. And again, it showing unto the children of men the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate by which they should enter. He having set the example before them. I think that one's interesting in, uh, you know, our restoration context uh, with how pointed that is uh, with the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove versus like the wording of the the gospels accounts, right? Um, uh, Like, for example, in in the Matthew one, saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Um, But that... Uh, That
1: same language is is coming through in in the Restoration Scripture as well. But yeah, any thoughts or comments on on either one of those um, ones out of Nephi there?
4: Cameron. Mm-hmm. I have a, a question. Um, I seem to recall that the prophet Joseph Smith saw his brother Alvin in paradise. Had he received the ordinance of baptism? It was my understanding that he had died before his brother received those um, keys.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: I'm pretty sure, right? I mean, that's why he was surprised to have seen him there because he hadn't received a baptism or or something, right? If mm-hmm. I'm getting this story correct. <laughs> yes,
3: you are getting it correct. That was
4: and I'm wondering about it because because um I think it was in church today, someone was talking about how important, and we all know how important the baptism is and the baptistry in the temple, and um saying that it's like there's a gate, and that they can pass through that gate into another um, better place. And so I'm just wondering, why did he see a vision of his brother in paradise? It, or were the people that were teaching this concept maybe misinformed? I'm I'm just a little curious. And he, he, maybe- saw,
3: he saw his brother in the celestial kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, you know, section 137.
4: Okay, so but he saw a vision of his brother as if in the, the celestial co- kingdom. work had already been done for him. Yeah,
3: he saw the future of his brother Alvin, and he wondered why, how Alvin could have been in the celestial kingdom, because he died before baptism. And this is when Joseph Smith gets an understanding of, ba- of the principle baptism. of baptism for the dead. He'd wow. never known that before.
4: Thank you for Helping
1: to um, clarify that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <clears throat> but uh, like what you had said there, that that baptism is
0: is the gate, right? And and how um, that really, I especially symbolically and metaphorically, but um, even in a literal sense, open opens doors for for those that. Um, to continue on their covenant path and and progress and, and receive for their light and knowledge and and things.
4: I have a friend and uh, she works in the baptistry um, for her doing baptisms for her family. And she actually one time had a very unique experience because um, a whole bunch of family names, like over 20 just showed up. And um, on family search, and she was already on her way to do baptisms, but she decided to take the time to print these out and take them with her. And she said that everybody, even the recorder saw the vision of these people coming through a gate as they were baptized and the rejoicing that they were experiencing. And um, she said that there was... This is a very poignant part of it, and I know I can share it because she has shared, has been told that she can share this story. Um, there was a voice at the end of of a young woman, and she called to her mother, saying, "Mother, they've forgotten me." And um, her grandfather, who was on the other side, was the missionary. That had um, taught these ancestors. And he sat next to my friend and said, um, "Call your father. He knows who these people are." So she found her father and found out who they were, and went to bed that night. and the mother the mother had called to the to the daughter and said, "Stay with the missionary of light." And because she didn't want to be left behind and um so the mother appeared to this friend of mine in the night at one o'clock in the morning and the two of them together with her phone were able to to locate this daughter and then have the work done for her on the following Tuesday so it was just such a such an amazing experience uh to have that happen that whole it was just a Whole group of the same family and they all seem to know each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I loved it. Yeah. I loved hearing oh, her story. She says that the veil has always been a little thin for her. And um, so she's had multiple experiences with the other side, but she said that the only burden of it is that she gets awakened a lot at night and she said the other burden is that she also has had experiences with the other side and, uh, physical, almost like physical attacks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Cause, uh, the gift isn't, uh, well, I guess not a respecter of persons. So that's the wrong way to put it, but like, yeah, you, you get both <laughs> yeah. in dark and, uh, it's very interesting, uh, to, um, to be able to experience that in the temple, what a, a, a fun experience for her, too. Um,
1: I, I can only imagine that reunion on, on the other side. Like, yeah, Yeah, found you. So awesome. But yeah, so I, I think that that was one of the, the main things that
0: I, I learned uh, tonight with uh, these entries of, of the baptism of Jesus Christ, that the baptism is is more than just an ordinance. And, and there's um, especially with like that Mark reference and, and that story there that, um, that there's, uh, let's see, how do I say, because <laughs> without using my nuance word a thousand times, <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of depth and, and richness to uh, understanding what baptism is and, and what it can do for us and how we can uh, likewise, follow after the master in in that pattern of baptism. Um, with so few entries here, uh, it it always amazes me the the depth and the um, the understanding that, that can be had uh, by uh, hanging
1: on every word, every jot and tittle of of the record here. Um, any other uh, kind of final thoughts and, and things before we head out for the night it's Been a, a fun one for sure. Um, one thing to,
0: to note is that, that next week, uh, my parents and I have a, a baby blessing to, to go to, so we won't have the early one. Uh, we'll still have the, the, the later session on Sunday, but we won't be back for the, the early one. So next week is going to be a skip week. Um, for, for this early six o'clock hour. Um, but then we'll, we'll be back the next week on schedule. And so, um, the early, well, next week we're, we're still going to be doing the betrayal. Um, but we won't be doing the just the, the six o'clock. That'll just be a skip. And so if, if you can't make it for the, the later session that, uh, next Sunday,
1: then our next one will be the following week with the birth of Jesus Christ. yeah Uh, any other final thoughts or comments or anything on this or any other topic i love your hebrew yeah (laughs) it's fun diving into that isn't it i love your your alphabet song too
2: that's so fun
0: (laughs) you know i i tried to go back and find the original where i pulled that tune from um, because I mean, like, I didn't just come up with that and be like, oh yeah, let's, let's sing the alphabet to this tune. Um, but I cannot find the YouTube video that originally had it. I, I've been trying to, and so that I can point people to that rather than listening to my dumb voice, but, um,
4: no, I think that's <laughs> awesome. Don't be, don't, don't do that.
0: It's
4: incredible. Like, How long have you been working on this Hebrew stuff?
0: Um, so I've been studying it for probably, six seven months or so um my mom and i like uh, we've been working on the aleph with beth videos for what since december i think is when i first got you going on those because i was like we really need to to guinea pig this and see if we've got it (laughs) down if 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 you think we can do this but um
4: yeah Yeah, i think incredible job i'm i'm loving
1: it
0: -hmm. yeah i don't know there's there's such a I don't know. I, I just feel such a need to be learning the Hebrew and and the, the nuances of the language and stuff. Um, it's been I got fun-
1: my
2: flashcards, but they're not open yet. And I forgot what you wanted us to do with those.
0: Oh, uh uh-huh. yeah. we yeah. will okay. talk about it. Um, but yeah, the, the richness that can come with learning the Hebrew, um, lots yes. of different words that have popped out to me this week. Um, just in uh, the oh my brain tonight for some reason um as i'm reading the scriptures and looking at the the original hebrew like footnotes you know it has the h-e-b and then what the word is Mm -hmm. um but just sounding that out and going oh yeah and this is how you would spell it you know just like we do in a class (laughs) like oh yeah what kind of sounds would that be and how would you read that in um in hebrew it's been a a really fun exercise so i i've kind of went back and and revamped my homework Homework exercises um, uh, for a few weeks uh, to kind of incorporate some of that uh, fun, uh, so that you can see that the Hebrew is everywhere. We don't just have to to study it off of my slides or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, just pick up the scriptures, and, and you can have a, a fun experience as we're learning the alphabet and, and stuff too. It's really fun.
2: So cool! Thank you so much. Such a gift.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, so as far as those, um, the flashcards go, um, was it the one? Yeah, so it was the, the first week, um, uh, that email, or if you go on Learning Zion there, uh, it'll uh, kind of give like the the recap of, of what to put on those flashcards. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have it
1: up, but I can get it, let me see. Let me pull it up on the screen really quick so that you can have that. Um,
4: I ordered my flash cards and then the thing they, said
2: so that they went back until February, so I'm
4: going,
2: what? Oh, well, shoot. I know. Maybe I got the last one. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, on each of the slides, so for week one and week two, um, there will be a slide uh, like this that um, shows what to do. So on the front of the card, you do this, this top, and on the back of the cards, you'll uh, do the bottom row there. And then if you want to, you can make three cards of each.
4: Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Three cards. And what is on the three cards?
2: I didn't understand that part.
0: Uh, So just three identical cards. So you're going to make three VET cards, three HIRIQ cards, three Gimel cards, and they're all just the same. So that um, when you're shuffling them up, that uh, you can form a word that possibly has three different VETs. Oh, like
4: like our alphabet, five
2: A's or whatever. I get it. Yeah. So you can spell words eventually. Yeah,
0: exactly. So like like bananagrams. if you've ever played that game or whatever, like you need so many of so many letter A's, so many letter B's, et cetera, so that you can actually make some words that isn't just all unique consonants and stuff. So yeah, that's why you would make uh, yeah, get our
4: cards. cards, we're gonna play games together.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, just wait until we're in the Alpha Beth videos. Uh, it, it really gets super fun. But um the I, I don't know if this is random, but like to explain why we're uh, kind of doing it the way that we're starting, because with Aleph with Beth, it is uh, a very immersive thing, like we won't be speaking English anymore, once we get into those like we're, we're going to be speaking in Hebrew, um, it's just like a little kid would learn it, um, so that you're just immersed and, and that's our new language, I think, and so um, they have some resources that you can follow along, like it has a written version of all of the text of the videos. But I mean, since you don't know the language, like it would be helpful to be able to sound out things and follow along. And so uh, this initial seven weeks, just kind of getting our feet wet, learning uh, the nuances of reading right to left and getting practice making sounds um, will really help boost that that next part there. But Anyway, it's going to be super fun. I, I'm excited to dive into those videos.
2: So, do you feel like you can have conversations in Hebrew?
0: Like, we'll have conversations in Hebrew, or do you think? Do you,
2: that... do you feel like you can have a conversation in Hebrew?
0: Oh, right now, probably not. Like uh, in-depth ones. Like, oh, what do we? I can have a, a a great conversation about the size of animals. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: me and my mom talk about
0: (laughs) the big cows cows. (laughs) so with the uh with beth videos they start off their their whole purpose is to get the most common words presented to you first and and work your way down the line so um oddly enough like animals are uh like uh cow and and bull and sheep and goat and all that kind of stuff occur so frequently in uh, hebrew so those are the ones we start off with we learn about those and we learn about the prepositions and uh, sizes and groups of of things like that how to pluralize words and and all of that in a masculine feminine and so um anyway yeah i i can carry on a a pretty good conversation (laughs) about animals and their sizes uh how they relate to each other and you know um i don't know just some of the, the basic words but uh, I, we stopped at like what video five i think so that we weren't like too far ahead of people so that it's not like oh my gosh how are we ever gonna catch up that we're we're gonna be learning right along with everyone <laughs> but we wanted to kind of get this head start to like is this gonna be possible like how's the pace of the lesson plans and everything going but yeah
4: uh, How many minutes a day did you say you recommend for people to study? Because I'm still kind of waiting for my materials and stuff.
0: Uh-huh, yeah, you shouldn't have to, to wait for any materials. Uh, all of the stuff is on the slides and, and the, the worksheets that I've got. So you should be uh, good to go on the those. If you want to do extra, uh, then those, those workbooks and everything uh, will be handy uh, to do extracurricular homework. Um, for extra credit, I guess, <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you want to, I, everything is, everything that's required right now is, is uh, freely given uh, in uh, my, my worksheets and, and slides and things. That's, that's all we're, we're doing for so far. Okay. But yeah, and, and, and likewise throughout the rest of the course, um, it, it shouldn't depend too much on uh, everything except for like flashcards, obviously, like uh, you're going to want to try to practice sounding out things, but you can do that just on the screen as well. Uh, the flashcards just are a little bit handier of a method for me, for some reason, uh, getting some of that practice, writing things down, but. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm excited and I appreciate it so much. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be a real shock when we take the the English away <laughs> i'm trying to right now <laughs> learn, learn how to to take on the the role of a teacher i'm really watching um uh her videos and how she's like correcting people in hebrew so that i can uh <laughs> do that for you guys but i might not get there i, I might cheat a little bit and be like the English version.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for all that you do. I so appreciate you and your mom.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right. Well, we will see everyone um, either next week, if you're going to attend the the later session or the the week after that uh, for the birth of Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) What time is the later session, did you say?
0: Uh Yeah. So the the late session is two hours after um, this early session. So um, eight o'clock Mountain Standard Time for for us. So
1: um, ten o'clock. Okay.
0: Yeah, ten o'clock for you. <laughs> if we see you next week, but uh, we'll we'll make sure to record. Uh, and so next week is the betrayal, but we are canceling the, uh, the earlier class because uh, we're going to be gone. But um, uh, if if we don't see you, then we'll we'll see you for the birth the, the next week after that.
2: Enjoy the baby blessing. It's so fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. (laughs) We'll see you. Good night.